Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. And thank you so much for joining us, Jose Ferreira uh, of Bitvest Vits. Talk to us about what was your vision when you joined Vits um, some years ago. Uh, first of all, good evening to you and to your listeners. Uh, Muzi, it's a great pleasure to be on your show. Um, dealing directly with your question, of course, when I, when I joined the club, the, the club already had a very strong youth development program in place. Yeah. Uh, I think that the challenge for me and, and, and for Gavin that joined me a year later was to incorporate a lot more of those youngsters uh, into the first team. Um, that for me was, was very important and for Gavin and, and hence you seeing the likes of the Pumalani Nchungasis, mm-hmm. uh, the Ben Mochwaris, uh, the Sibusisu uh, Vilakazis who was already there uh, when we arrived, um, the Pakamani Mahlambis yes. uh, and so forth. It was very important for us that we, we, we not only uh, had a strong uh, youth development ethos within the club, but that uh, they brought, were brought forward and together with the experienced players that we could build a formidable PSL team and that we would, would be competitive. Um, and I think that that was the challenge. I think that we were hugely successful in achieving that over the last seven years. How? Uh, well, the, the, the youngsters that I mentioned were, are some of, of those youngsters that we, we were able to bring through uh, and others. Uh, we saw KK coming through today. KK last year went online to a Portuguese uh, second division club and today he's playing for FC, uh, to SC Braga, mm-hmm. who's playing in the Europa League, plays regularly in the UEFA Champions League. Uh, so that, that one year moving from, from us to Portugal has now seen him progress up to one of the top four teams in in in, in, uh, in Portugal, uh, so it's it's and that will not only add value from a financial point of view for our club, but will also add value to the national team eventually. I, I still think that KK was probably one one of the best players in the in the World Cup now in Poland mm-hmm. for South Africa. In the twenties, yeah, yeah, no, in the twenties. So th- that's the kind of thing that we like to see see happen. And and Bidvest is very very. Uh, um, uh, for Bidvest, it's very important that we do that, we are, that we are seen also to have a, a, a social component to our, our youth development in bringing in these youngsters, making sure that they develop, making sure that they play in the PSL and ultimately in Europe. Uh, it was a pity that Pakamani didn't make it to Europe. Um, in the end, he made it to al uh, but the offer that we received was, was simply... Uh, too huge for us to refuse uh, but those are the, that's the kind of thing that we'd like to see at this club that's the kind of thing that we work for and we've had some top youth coaches uh, in the club that have assisted us in doing that and mm-hmm. the Ashley McCunniers uh, um, the Glenn Salmons who's just Glenn left Salmon, us Dylan Shepard Dylan Shepard yes. Dylan Shepherd and so forth and um, hopefully that will continue to be the case going forward I mean now we've got some exciting youngsters coming through we've got Soli Cognetti who I think is going to be a formidable player um, will be also uh, playing in the, in the first team this season had an opportunity to go overseas this season but we thought that he must finish his matric that's, first that's the youngster originally from the Free State I think Correct. Correct, yes, correct, yes, correct. yes. So, so there's a couple of youngsters that are coming through. Two of them are already in Portugal, uh, also from our youth academy. And uh, we got Bradley Cross, but a lot of people don't know that Bradley Cross is currently playing for, for Schalke in, in Germany. 
uh, and he's part of a reserve team. He's there on a two-year loan. So, so let's let's investigate that because I mean, a lot of time you will see the craziness, the furor on Twitter about who should be going where, and people asking when is the next big South African player going to make an impact on the European leagues. And I think there's been much excitement about the way that Percy Dow has started at, at Club Bruges simply because for the last ten or fifteen years we haven't had players at the very highest level when you compare Quinton Fortune for Manchester United or or, or Steven Pinar or, or, or Lucas Khatebe. So how are you how do you create how do you develop a player? Um and, and I'm also talking financially here, all the way up from a twelve year old so that when he's eighteen or nineteen or even seventeen, he's ready at least to move to one of in inverted commas the B leagues of Europe uh, and that uh, when he's 22 or 23, he can then move to La Liga or, or the Premier League. How are you getting it right? Because there are a lot of players that are moving to Portugal, that are moving to Germany, that sure. are moving to... How, how do you get that process, that 10 years right? Well, it's about relationships with a lot of these clubs in Europe. And uh, it's very important because I think that we, we pay too much focus on the word Europe. There's many types of Europe. There's the, yeah. the Maltese League and the Cypriot League, and then there's the top five leagues in Europe. Yeah. And uh, we, we appreciate when, when we have so many South Africans playing in the Swedish League. I mean, come on, um, see, let's, it, let's yeah. be serious. Let, yeah, it's uh, not exactly La Liga or Serie A. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so we've got to be serious about the relationships that we form with these clubs. They've got to be top clubs in Europe that can provide a platform for these players to develop. Uh, Persita is a good example. Yes, he signed for a British, for an English team, but he went and played in the Premier League, well, second division first, which I thought was pretty embarrassing. Uh, but you and Pizzo Musimane, yes, yes fair yes, enough. Yes. I think everybody in the country thought, well, I mean, that, that he's way above that kind of level. And it's good to see him playing for a top club in Belgium now. Mm-hmm. And then those are the kind of things that we need to see happen more often. Because if we start seeing that happen, the national team will benefit from it. Our youngsters will benefit from it. Um, and it's a win-win situation for everyone. To give you an example, so Bradley Cross is in playing for Schalke mm-hmm. on a free loan for two seasons. Two things are going to happen, Yamuzi. He's either going to come back to us as a fully developed by the top coaches in Europe, like a team like Schalke, mm-hmm. um, or, or, or the, that's the worst case scenario, and we're going we're gonna to have a top player coming back to us, or we're gonna, uh, the club is going to make a million euros out of the player. By and selling him on, yeah. By selling him on. That's, that's the kind of thing that we should be looking at, because it's like I said to you, it's a win-win situation. It's a win-win situation for the player. It's a win-win situation for the club. It's a win-win situation for the national team, and everyone is winning there. It's the home of the Afropolitan, Kaya FM 95.9, talking football here uh, with Bidvest Vitz's Jose Ferreira, giving us his thoughts on how we can, number one, send more players to Europe, the best leagues in Europe, and number two, how we get that model right of developing the players, because ultimately, football remains a business. And so when you take over, given your, your experience in football before you joined Bidvest Vitz, what was your mandate? What were you expected to, to deliver on so that we can look back on that and say, um, you've developed players, you've won the league. How do you reflect on this, what, roughly five years? So the, the mandate was clear, and that was to turn the club into a, into a major force in South African football. That, that was the mandate uh, within the circumstances and the market within which we operated. Uh, but Vest uh, made it perfectly clear to me that we would never have a, a a budget anywhere close to the likes of the Orlando Pirates and the Mamelodi Sundowns and the Kaiser Chiefs of but, this world. But you're not poor either. No, yeah. no, not at all. Yeah. No, no, not at all. Uh, but having having regard to the circumstances and the market that we were going to operate in, we were well aware of the fact that 
the very best that we could do is be a competitive team. Mm-hmm. And that's what we set out to be, be competitive. Because when you're competitive, the chances of your winning are, are all that much higher. And we realize that, yes, there are going to be times where we're going to be struggled. To, we're going to struggle to compete financially. But if we form a competitive team, a team that will go out and challenge for honors, we will always almost be there if we're not there. And that's what, what has happened. So in the seven years, I'm proud to say that in the seven years, we only finished once outside the top four. Uh, already in the first season, we were uh, fourth on the log. Um, with, so, with Clive, yes. And that was with Clive, yes. Yeah. Uh, and a very difficult and trying circumstances because I joined the club in June. I literally had two months within which to prepare a team. Most of the players went. They had just uh, uh, staved off relegation in the last game of the season. So it was under very trying circumstances. Clive came in. We believed that Clive could... Uh, because of the thing with Clive, he was a great motivator. He's probably still the biggest motivator I've ever found in any coach anywhere in the world, at least with the ones that I've worked with. A magnificent man, and he brought that which we needed in that first season. Mm. A great deal of motivation to the players, a great deal of belief in their own capacities, in their own abilities. And uh, after that, Gavin came on, and you know Gavin. Gavin is a go-getter. Um, he's uncompromising in terms of uh, winning. Winning is everything for yes. Gavin. Um, and he doesn't care whether it's a, it's a 10 million rand budget or a 100 million rand budget. He's going to go out there and try and win it. Yeah. And I guess then it means that what's important, if you're trying to achieve the success with sometimes limited means, recruitment uh, is important. And recruitment in terms of, A, the pl- players that you promote and develop and, and what cost that is. And B, uh, your scouting network so that you can go wide and look for interesting players, players who, who are the solution to, to the problems that you have, who may not necessarily have been spotted by others in, in the market uh, yes. and, and, and don't carry that hefty price tag of someone who's been uh, sought after by every club. How did you get that right, the scouting and the promotion of youngsters? <sighs> The, the, the youngsters, uh, I've explained to you yeah. the component. That was a very important component and, and impressing upon our coaches and, and uh, inculcating within the players that are in the, in the academy the belief that if they are successful within the academy teams, they will get an opportunity to play in the first team. Right. That, that culture because was Because a lot of time it doesn't happen at yes, a big club. it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't happen at a big club. And, and, and once you start doing that, the players start believing that they will be getting a chance. And hence the production line continuously you get these players coming through the ranks and wanting to stay mercy very important you want the player to want to stay at Bidvestwitz and to choi- choose Bidvestwitz above other clubs because the, we know that we can't compete financially with the others mm-hmm. so the the attraction to the player must be number one I am going to get that opportunity to play PSL football if I stay with Bidvestwitz mm-hmm. and I'm going to have the very best coaches to lead me up to the point where I am playing PSL football. That's number one. Number two, I will be given an opportunity to play abroad if that opportunity arises, which is also something that doesn't happen often with PSL clubs. They close them in and uh, they're there for life. Uh, and, and we make our players understand that they will always get that overseas opportunity. So that's from the youth development point of view. From, from the scouting point of view, I must be fair uh, and say that outside players that we've scouted across the African continent and even in Europe, uh, most of the PSL players are, are, are players that we all know, that you know, mm-hmm. that I know. We all watch them week in, week out. Maybe we see something in them that other coaches and other clubs don't see. But they're there. They're available to all. They're free agents. And I always ask the question, why is it if they're free agents, we sign them and nobody else assigns them? 
What are we doing right? Mm. And it's those things. It's those of the ability to show the player that they're coming to a top competitive team who will compete to win things. The opportunity to go overseas, that is always there to them. Um, and we've got a fantastic coach. We've got a coach that believes in players, uh, who believes in players that uh, a lot of other clubs have given up on. Um, and uh, that's the philosophy. Um, see, that yeah. really is the and, philosophy. And, and he's done that now with uh, Samir Tuti by bringing yes. him back. Yes. By bringing him back. And speaking of staying at Bitvestvitz, I mean, the announcement came out today, and it's been it's been in the media for months and months and months that uh, Tulani Tyson Slachwayo is he coming? Is he staying? How challenging is it to to keep players like that? Because it's it's Tyson now, but it was Villa before. It was Mrs. Mm. Villa Gazi. Mm. And um, whenever a club outside the big three, especially maybe if it's a a, a bit vestvitz, a super sport uh, producer, player who's now competing at that level, find it very hard to keep him. How have you been able to keep Tyson at the club? Sure. Tyson is an unbelievable leader. He's more than just a player. He's a... Uh an unbelievable human being he's a he's a leader he's a family man and i think that the values that uh characterize tulani schlatzwaya as a human being are the same values that bidvestwitz share mm-hmm. and i think that it it wasn't well i know because i was involved in those negotiations <laughs> i know that tulani schlatzwaya would have and probably will one day play for an Orlando Pirates or a Kaiser Chiefs or a Mamelodi Sundowns. Um, but I know that he's extremely happy with us because he identifies with the values at this club. Uh, otherwise, you wouldn't have signed an extension. Yeah. Just Did to give you an idea, uh, uh, Tyson finish, uh, finishes his contract or finished his contract in two seasons' time. He knew that at the end of this current season, we would have to sell because otherwise he's going to go for free mm-hmm. and notwithstanding knowing that Tulani Schlatzweyer said to himself I am going to stay with Bitvestwitz and I am going to extend for a further season so that shows the kind of man that he is first and foremost uh, the kind of family man that he is the kind of leader that he is and the kind of values that he appreciates uh, around him Mm. And I guess uh, because he's a Bafana Bafana captain and he has all these qualities that you mentioned and um, he is being sought after by other clubs, you would have had to offer him something pretty good to keep him at the club. I mean, that's, 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 that's obvious, or am I wrong? Remarkably, one would have thought that I would have had to increase his package uh, substantially. But the truth is, no, it wasn't necessary. So that's the attraction of Bitvest Fits then. It's KFM 95.9 talking to Jose Ferreira, sharing with us what Bitvest Fits is doing right to keep, to attract some of the best quality talent in the country and keep them at Mill Park. But one criticism that has always been leveled, and this goes back to where we started this interview, Jose Ferreira, about I your know mandate. What it, I know what it's going to be. Tell me. What's the criticism? The criticism has been... The lack of appetite for continental competition. I knew that was the. I knew that was going to be the question. Is it true? First thing. Yeah. So let me. I think it's important, and I, I, I try and clarify this all and the time. And you have spoken about it before. Yeah, and, and I feel like the message doesn't get through um, for some or other reason. Let, let me just try and be as clear as possible in terms of of, of CAF. Number one, when it comes to the CAF Champions League, Bidvestvitz has always played its very strongest team every single time that we have played in the CAF Champions League. I don't care what journalists may want to tweet 
mm. because they're bored or because even when you lost in Swaziland yeah so so let me explain to you the Swaziland story because the Swaziland story is a very interesting one because we beat that Swazi team 3-0 at home yeah. with one team it was the very same team that went to Swaziland and lost 3-0 one would think that that very same team that won 3-0 at home would get a result in Swaziland yeah Yet we get, and that's the kind of thing that irritates me, we get tweets like, they lost on purpose. How do you, Missy, just picture this. How do I go to a player or 11 players? How does my coach, who's a, a, a go-getter, who doesn't believe in throwing a match? I mean, anybody who knows Gavin Hunt knows that that is an impossibility. How do you go and tell a team to lose 3-0 and then lose on penalties? Mm-hmm. I think losing on penalties is even more difficult. Uh, so... Our, our position has always been clear. On the CAF Champions League, we will always play a strong team to compete and to go as far as possible. We've been unfortunate that we've picked up uh, um, Al just before the group yeah, stages. Yeah. We lost on penalties to a Primero do Gosto. If we hadn't lost on penalties, and unless somebody can tell me that you lose penalties on purpose, mm. um, we lost that one and we were knocked out of the ca- yeah, uh, CAF Champions League. Against the Angolans. Yes. Against the Angolans. Very unfortunate. Uh, when it comes to the CAF Confederation Cup, the truth is, yes, I have told our coach, and, and that is the mandate that I've passed on to our technical team, to say the following. Number one, it does not mean that we are not going to compete to play in the CAF Confederation Cup and to try and win it. No, that's not the mandate. The mandate is it is not a priority. Why isn't it a priority? Because for us to focus on a CAF Confederations Cup, the chances are of us winning it are, number one, minimal. And that I'm now talking about the shenanigans that I am very acutely aware. I've of traveled happen, with teams that games that haven't been televised and I've seen some of the so crazy you know, things that happen. Yeah. And I don't like to discuss it publicly, uh, but you know and I know. So you've got to participate in a competition where your chances of winning are slim. You're playing the second tier or third tier clubs within the African continent, not the champions or the vice champions. You are going to be traveling to the worst possible places. You are going to lose money. And at the end of the day, you have forfeited the possibility of competing for an APSA premiership title. It's easy for a club to sundown, like Sundowns to say, well, you know, we'll forfeit the APSA premiership or we'll forfeit the MTNA. They've won so many APSA premierships. This club in the, is the oldest club in the PSL and has won one PSL title. How can anyone begrudge us wanting to make a stand within South African football domestically before we challenge uh, uh, at continental level? And I think that's fair enough. We can accept that and, and we wish you luck, especially in the CAF Champions League. As we uh, wrap things up, um, what then is the, the ambition, I should say, perhaps for this league season? Um, given where we are, where we are right now, and that the MTN8 is happening, and is it always the same thing at the beginning of every season to try and win the league? The, 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 to try and win every trophy that we participate in. What does that mean? Uh, obviously, it's imp- almost impossible for a club of our size, with our resources, with our playing squad, to win all the competitions, and that's why we prioritise. And the priorities will always be the FSA Premiership first. And then the, the cup competitions, obviously. But the Epsa Premiership is, is the premier trophy that any club can win. And, that, and whilst the mandate isn't to Gavin, you have to win the Epsa Premiership. The mandate is you have to be competing to win the Epsa Premiership. There and thereabouts. There or thereabouts. 
Jose Ferreira, thank you so much for your time here on Kai FM 95.9. Thank you for your honesty as well. Really appreciate it. All the best for the seasons ahead. And uh, a parting shot, are you done? Any any new players joining possibly? Uh, the honest truth, and I'll be completely open and transparent with you. Right now, the answer is no. Between today and the window closing next week, Monday, who knows? The truth is that right now there's nothing in the pipeline. And no one leaving. And no one leaving at this stage. None. No player leaving, no player coming in at this stage. All the best for the season ahead and thank you for your time. Thank you. It was a great pleasure being here on your show. Thank you. That's Jose Ferreira. What a nice, beautiful chat there talking football and learning some lessons, especially for, for those who want to know how to run a football club. Rewinding, Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.